0: clarify to you. Um, I want to clarify a little bit about this because I think it's important that we understand that we all have our favorite Bible translation, but when it comes to studying, I always want to encourage you to grab hold of a literal Bible translation or one that is as close to word for word as you can possibly get so that you can study And you can figure out what things mean so that you can grab hold of um, the updated language. And I mentioned to you many, many, many times, and if you're not familiar with uh, Bible translations, the last, I guess, 60 years, 60, 65 years is probably the right way of looking at it. If you are not familiar, they uncovered what they call, you know, the the Dead Sea Scrolls, and these scrolls were legal. Some of them were legal documents, and they carried language in them that help us really that helped us really grasp what some of the ancient words in the original manuscripts actually mean. And I know you know what I mean when I say that. So this is not deep. I'm not trying to be deep. I just want you to know that. You know, sometimes we think we know how to translate a language, any language, we take English as a second language, or if we're in another country, we're learning their language, which is then becomes our second language that you know, some people will tell you this is how this word is pronounced or this is how, what this word means only to find out you've been using the wrong word. So it's kind of that situation. It's not like a, a whole debate over the words. just like, oh my God, we discovered a whole cache of documents that are using words in context and now we can put those words in their actual right place. So that's why we lean towards serious study. Although feel free, as you all do, there's no problem with you having a Bible version you like um, or anything like that. Just know that when it comes to serious teaching, I prefer the new King James. I still use the complete Jewish Bible, but I use the Jewish Bible primarily for scribes because certain words in that book are specific. To what those words were in the original Hebrew or Aramaic or, you know, or Greek, because you really, some things we still don't know the fullness of. And just the power of a Hebrew letter allows us um, to understand more in that sense. But the power of really grasping um, Greek is, is tremendously helpful as well. And we know that the original Hebrew language was lost it was lost. So we don't really, so we're doing the best we can with our translations. So I just want to encourage you with that. And, and, you know, I just need to say that because we're going to be using um, multiple translations today, but I basically chose the translations I did because those passages are already marked up in my online Bible reading. But I want to talk to you about something that is very dear to my heart. And I think it lays the foundation for when we just began teaching heavily on the prophetic. I believe that, the, that we're in the season for that, especially coming up to some things that are happening in the United States that we really need to have clarity concerning, you know, prophecy, um, the prophetic, the apostolic, not for positioning us to be something, but just so we can be at peace, We can have understanding and we know what it's like to follow the Lord, to follow the Lord. So it's a blessing to have you here today. We're going to be talking about being um, prophetically, I'm going to probably say this different than the way I've said it to some of you in the past, but we're going to learn about what it means to be moved prophetically and then be apostolically led. What is the difference between those concepts and why should I care? And the main thing that I want you to think about today, and if you're in the chat, I want you to answer a question for me in just a minute. I just want to see what your response is. This is not to pick at anybody or to say who's the smartest, the brightest. It's not about that. It's just for us to gauge how we see certain things. Because I believe we need a balanced understanding of the prophetic, one that exemplifies the likeness and image of Christ. We need to look at the prophetic in our day as um, it is demonstrated through the Christ life. So if you've listened to the teaching on the life of God, if you've listened or were here when we did the series on the life of Christ, then this will make sense, especially if you go back and listen to how to discern those teachings on how to discern um, a prophetic word. So I just want to encourage you, encourage you, encourage you to please just open your ears. And Father, I thank you that we're willing to hear and have what we have believed all of our lives challenged. I thank you that, um, your Lord, any place of offense that rises up that you let us take, take note of it that we are able to grab it and say, Lord, I am willing to think differently. I'm willing to consider that what I thought has an has a new place, that I can look at this differently now. Not that it was wrong, but that now there's a better way. I can be like, um, you know, the, the I can be like Apollos who was young and well not young in ministry mature in ministry but he was teaching john the baptist telling everybody you must be baptized by john the baptist and lord i thank you that you had two apostles come alongside and say yes john That is absolutely true. But did you know we have Holy Spirit now? Did you know that we don't have to have water baptism anymore? Do you know that you can be baptized by the Spirit? And it is greater than the water baptism that John gave. Because this baptism is given to us by Holy Spirit through Christ. I just pray that we can understand that concept and that we can walk in it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, Um, can you just agree with me? This is the first question that our ultimate example of all things is Jesus. You can just put it in your um, chat. Yes, I agree. I agree. I agree. So we don't really need the Esther anointing anymore, right? (laughs) I just I'm, I'm asking you. Can you agree with me? We don't really need the anointing of the Issachar anointing anymore. Can we agree with that? Can we, Jesus is the ultimate example. Jesus is greater than Issachar. Issachar is dead. That whole tribe is gone. Esther is not with us anymore. You know, we love Isaiah. They asked Jesus, was he Isaiah? And he was like, no, no, I'm not Isaiah. Who do you say that I am? So I'm asking you, is he really who we say that he is? I'm not saying, look, the anointing of Issachar is a real anointing, but it's now the anointing of Jesus, right? It's Christ's anointing. It's the anointed one's anointing. It's not that there is no Issachar anointing. It's that just that it needs to live inside of Jesus. He's the increase. I don't have. I'm not a. I don't have to worry about being a Mary or a Martha. I don't have to worry about being a Deborah anointing anymore. I don't have to. I don't have to strive for those things. All I have to do is strive for Jesus. Not even strive. I just have to receive, right? I just have to receive. So I just need to know that you agree with me. Agree with me because we have to continue to grow up in him. This is not, don't, don't, don't leave here saying everybody's wrong because they're, they got the Deborah. Listen, they're limiting themselves and they're not even aware of it. God is so much more than anything those people brought to the table. He is more. Oh my goodness. That's why, you know, that's why Apollos needed to know the truth. That's why he needed to know that that John the Baptist, you can teach that if you want to. There is salvation in that. But if you want the whole thing, if you want the fullness, you need to know that salvation is now in this moment through Holy Spirit. The fullness comes through Holy Spirit because he lives in us now, you know, so that's the difference. That's the, that's the difference. You just need to know, do I want a spoonful or do I want the whole thing that's available to me? And even though this teaching is not even about what I just shared with you, it is about being prophetically move, moving by the prophetic, but being apostolically led, apostolically led. Um, my whole life, you know, in Christ up until the last, I'll say when I, I really hit my plateau of change when I met my mentor, but I was changing before that. I was changing before, I mean, I can just feel it. I was growing up. I was realizing all the things that I was like, God, I've made so many s- mistakes in ministry. I've taught so many things backwards. And, and, you know, and how, Lord? And the Lord was like, Look, you did what you need to do. Keep moving. No shame. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving. There was a time when I lived by prophecy. I lived by every dream that I had, I lived by every prophetic word I was given. I lived by um, everything that I felt. If the leaf fell from the sky, God had to be speaking. Can you be honest and, and admit where you are in your prophetic life?
1: Can you be honest and admit where you are in your prophetic life? Because People, we have a whole generation of people
0: that are chasing prophecy. I gotta get to this meeting because I need a word from God. Oh my God, I've gotta get to this place
1: because I need a word from God. Where the prophet at? Right? But listen, that was true for the old covenant.
0: That was true for the old covenant, 100%. And we can still do some of that today, right? Because our faith may not be in a place where we can We may need wise counselors around us. You know, God has given us prophets for today in community. He has given us these things. So it's not wrong. I have to say that because I don't want you walking around thinking you don't need a prophet in your life or you don't need someone that operates in a prophetic council. Everybody who gives words are not prophets. They think they are, but they're not. There's a difference in the government of the office versus the release of the gift. And we're gonna talk about that. So don't leave here saying, I said, we don't need prophets today. We do, but we need to hold them in our hearts and in our minds and in our spirit in their proper place. In their proper place. I'll receive a word quicker from someone I'm in covenant with than I will from someone, a stranger on the street. And it just has to be a divine encounter for that thing to be real. I'm just just sharing with you. Just sharing with you my view is in regard to that. Um, In the old covenant, you know, people had to chase down prophets. That was the setup. People had to go through a priest because the blood, the 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 forgiveness of sin, could only come through blood walks and sacrifices of animals. You know, everybody wasn't a, a prophet called of the Lord in the old covenant. He had people he picked and he chose and he set aside for different things in the old covenant. They didn't have the indwelling of the spirit living on the inside of them. Not everybody had equal access to the Lord. I have a chart somewhere on the um, inside the Bible study group and uh, also on my blog where I talk about the differences between the old covenant release of the spirit and the new covenant release of the spirit. Those distinctions are, are categorized by scripture. They're in great detail. So you will know the difference between the old agreement and the new agreement. So I wanna say it like that because sometimes when we talk about old covenant, new covenant, people think we're talking about um, just law versus grace. So they think we're just talking about Moses versus Jesus, but it's bigger than that. It's it's concept, it's methodology, it's portion versus fullness, right? It's portion versus fullness. Uh Somebody just wrote, um, I used to think I was hated by God every time I was passed over to get a prophetic word. Now I shy away from prophetic words. Look, I agree. I agree, thank you. Um, Prophet Andrea just placed the chart there, the blog that I did, the differences between the old covenant, the old agreement versus the new agreement. I'm changing my language intentionally today because people have gotten clever and trying to trip you up with their arguments. They think you're comparing two books of the Bible and I'm not comparing two books of the Bible. I'm not doing a scripture fight I'm doing a agreement discussion. We're having an, a discussion on agreement. Is versus, are you going to use that that high interest rate that you got when you first bought your home, or are you going to do use the low interest rate from your refinance? You know, old contract versus new contract. See, we understand that. So if you want to, you can just keep your own contract and pay higher interest rates, right? (laughs) You can do that. You can do that. You can reject it. And, or you can get that good old 4% on on a refinance right now. You know, so I'd rather have the 4%. I'd rather have the fullness of what is available to me. And that's what this is about. That's what this is about. So, you know, I want you to just look back. Just take a moment and look back of of all the things in the prophetic that you believe you had to do or the things that had to take place. Are you a person that, you know, listen, I'm going to give you some examples. We have to agree that we live in a time when people are worshiping prophecy and prophetic words. We are, we're living in a time where the prophetic is worship. Someone sent something to the scribal prophets group the other day saying this man has ministered to 259 people at one time. This man has the power of God over his life and that he can heal any sickness or disease. All it was was one word after another about how this person is greater than other prophets because of what he can do. But listen, it's everywhere. It wasn't just this person. This is the state of the prophetic right now. (laughs) He said, you know, look, I heard someone say this. It was something I read. I don't know who it was, but it popped up. Because I'm rarely on social media except in my group. I'm not on there at all except in my group. And so... This this message was like, the prophetic is practical. And, And I was like, that's an interesting statement because it's only practical to people who are in their right mind. That's how I see it. You have to be in your right mind for the prophetic to be practical. You have to be in your right mind for the prophetic to be practical. I'm gonna say that again. You have to be in your right mind for the prophetic to be practical because people can come up from a dream and claim your husband and that God gave them your husband and you married to the man. Tell me you all haven't heard stuff like that from people. I've been in services and I've counseled with people who were told This your husband, this your wife, marriage lasted two years. And one person barely got out with their lives. I'm just, I've seen people hold up decades because somebody told them a particular person was a spouse. This is is what I'm talking about. I'm I'm using, I have to give examples. I'm not, listen, you're not the only one. If you think I'm talking about you, I'm not. There's people here that I tell you have met other people. I even have had people, listen, in this one situation, I've had people say, can you tell me where I need to move? I'm like, no, I cannot tell you where you need to move. You need to make a decision. Put your plans in place. Make a choice and then go. But count up the cost in the process
1: because that's what the Bible teaches. <laughs> Listen, because
0: if you move there and everything blows a shred, who are you going to blame? The prophet. Now, I just, I, I listen, I'm not saying, I don't want you to look at the, don't get lost in the individual examples. Hear the message behind it. Hear the message that's going to come and bring clarity because it's not about the this and that. God tells all of us to do things. But the difference is wisdom. And the difference is the mind of Christ. <laughs> My goodness. So we may not even get through this today, but I, I feel like um, I feel like we need to really, really, really dig deep into this. Mm. I know I said I wasn't going to teach next Sunday, but I may have to show up early one, early that morning before I start my day and do something and talk to you all because I want to keep this going. I've seen marriages implode because of prophetic words. Listen, I even had a situation more than one time where I'm like begging someone, please get a job, please work. Well, God told me not to work, but your husband isn't strong in the Lord. Your your husband... Isn't stable in that place, be a helper to your husband, but he needs to step up. But but God is saying to you, help him. It's overwhelming. Whole marriage <clears throat> imploded, divorced, kids scattered, and it's been a fallout
1: for years after that because there's no wisdom. There's no apostolic
0: mind operating. I, you know, I know I'm taking a lot of time with this, but before I actually go into the teaching, I want to be sure we're on the same page. So just um, let me know. Let's see what I, I see here. Mm. Absolutely, I do too. I agree with that. Um. Um, Other things. The Lord told me I was being tested in this relationship and I uh, learned' some things I needed to learn. My God, you need violence to teach you God's will. You need to be
1: abused for God to show you his purpose. Mm. Oh my God. Mm. But you can't do
0: anything with those things when people tell you say God said, right?
1: <laughs> I can't agree with you. I will just say, okay, mm. all right. Go with God. We need healing in our understanding
0: of the prophetic. We need healing because. Everybody wants a sign. They won't come from, listen, I I get people sometimes that'll call me. I'm gonna just give you all a head up, heads up. They'll call you and ask you what you think, but they got 10 people on standby with the same question. Listen, let them questions filter through whatever me, I don't
1: even respond to most of them. Because it's ridiculous. Just make a decision. Oh my goodness. So here we go. Ever since we've had this whole prophetic
0: movement, um, you know, we won't go through the prophetic movement history, but things are getting more and more ridiculous, more animated, more three ring circus like, more acrobats, you know, more (laughs) ringleaders. It's like, who can prophesy the best? Who can prophesy the most accurate? As if the the whole office of the prophet is based on your accuracy. Listen, the devil can prophesy. And it'll seem accurate. (laughs) It's more than that. Listen to my teaching on discerning prophecy. Oh my God. We've been conditioned to be spiritually led, so much so that the word of God means nothing. We would rather have a word from a popular man, a popular woman, or somebody we know is a real prophet, but we don't acknowledge them publicly, right? We want to do backyard,
1: we want to do Nicodemus kind of stuff. But, you know, people need to want
0: to hear God. I've never taught a class on hearing God. Never. And I never will. Why? Because if you can be convicted of sin, you can already hear him. Let's start at the foundations of conviction. Be convicted in how you treat people. Be convicted in how you honor or dishonor covenant. Be convicted in the heart issues at the core because that's how you hear God. God deals with us
1: first through conviction. You weren't convicted by what you said. You really can't hear
0: God. I want you to think about that. You weren't convicted how you treated that leader. You really can't hear God. You weren't convicted how you talked about that sister like a dog, but you a prophet, right? But you want to know how to hear God? Check your conviction. Because your conviction is supposed to line up with the greatest commandments on earth, loving God and loving one another. But we want to teach people how to interpret a dream. People hadn't even mastered first works. Don't know why I'm going in this direction, but I am for a minute because we need to understand things that we dismiss because we're not looking in the mirror enough. How do I know that? Because God told me, he said, how dare you? You go up there and you repent, Teresa. Repent for what you just said and what you just did. Then you call them and you repent. Oh my God, hear God. Mirror ministry, thank you for who shared that. Do your mirror ministry.
1: That's the hearing God ministry. Yes, he was. Yes, he was.
0: Bare bones, bare minimum. When you're raising up a babe, a new believer, that's what you look for. You look at their heart. You can't see the heart like God can, but you can see that spiritual growth is rooted to seeing yourself. Seeing yourself, are well, are we good? Y'all all right?
1: Before we go further, I want you to follow me because here we go. Here we go, here we go, we go.
0: In our generation, we have been taught, and I mean everybody living. This is not age. We have been spiritually conditioned to move by strangeness in our lives, by dreams, by visions. Now, I'm not saying anything is wrong with those things. By what we think, we hear, by what, with, and with no way of measuring that. One of, um, I'll never forget, Apostle Pru, He was like, "Listen." Apostle Prophet Teresa, I was like, Yes, yeah, said whatever he was saying, he said, listen, even the words you receive concerning yourself in this
1: generation needs accountability. Mm, 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 mm. God told me I was gonna be a YouTube superstar. Um, Teresa
0: can you can you bring that word into accountability? Um do you know how to use YouTube? No,
1: uh, uh, listen, I, I'm just making a point I'm just making a point. Oh, I want you to see this scripture. We're gonna read it in just a second. I'm just going through my notes. Hebrews 12, 1 through 13.
0: It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. This is the mirror ministry. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. When we're looking to understand the prophetic now, we have to put all the prophets, all the priests, all the everybody um, through the lens of Jesus. Through the lens of Jesus. In other words, you have to ask a question. If I am looking at, at um, I don't know, Ezekiel, if I'm looking at Isaiah, if I'm looking at one of my, I'll just say Habakkuk. If I'm looking at Habakkuk through the eyes of Jesus, I have to say, if Habakkuk was alive now, how different would his ministry be because he has the Christ?
1: Are you all following? How different would the ministry of, um,
0: I don't know, let's just say Rahab. How different would Rahab be if she was living today in that same situation and had the Christ?
1: I have to see now through the spectacles of Jesus.
0: I can't just look through the time of Moses anymore. I have to see how the new agreement fits with what is happening in my life today. I can still study them historically. I can look at what happened under the old agreement, but if I'm gonna bring that agreement into
1: my new life, I've got to decide that I agree with Jesus. I agree with how Jesus would handle this today. Oh my goodness. Jesus doesn't take anything away from Moses.
0: He increases Moses. He brings Moses into his fullness, not into his limitations. Oh my goodness. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Oh, my goodness. How do we do that? Easy. We have to choose to see the joy, just like Jesus did. And it goes through all the process of that. Strengthen your feeble arms and weak knees. Make level paths for your feet. So that the lame may not be disabled, but rather healed. Endure hardship and discipline. God is treating you as children for what children are not disciplined by their father. If you are not disciplined, and and listen, I'm going to give you a new one. People think discipline is just about, discipline is skill set, not just punishment for sin. We've got to change how we view discipline. You're enduring hardship. Enduring is developing new character. It's developing a new language on the inside of you. It's developing a new mind. It's putting you in an apostolic mind versus just a prophetic mind, which is waiting for a move of God to change your situation. Oh my goodness many of us are still waiting on a move. Not understanding the endurance part, the work that we have to put in. This this scripture is loaded. It's loaded and I'm bringing you to a place with it because to to be prophetically moved and to identify prophetic movement is to recognize the power and beauty of God within us. Now we recognize, oh, so I see what God is doing. God showed me. And that very well may be true. But the apostolic comes along and it says, what's the next step? What is the
1: part you have to take to bring the vision to pass? Oh my God, the prophetic
0: is like, we get lost. Oh, I'm in the cloud, but the cloud of today is within you. It is within you. It is within you and it's requiring more of you than it has ever required in the history of the faith. I want you to hear this. Once you fix your eyes on Jesus, as, listen, I'm fixing my eyes on Jesus, understanding that he is the pioneer and he is the perfector of me. Not just the faith for everybody, but the faith for Teresa right now. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He endured the cross from an apostolic mind. He scorned the shame that came with the cross. He wasn't up there rebuking the devil. He wasn't up there fighting the devil and that these after
1: me and the after mean. What spirit is this? And what spirit is that? His eyes have to be fixed. What if this is why I asked you if you agree with me? What if you could just focus on him and not your favorite devils? What if you could despise the things that beset you, but still stay focused on Jesus? Oh my goodness. What if? I want you to mature into your fullness. So we're get, we're hitting those things that make Christians because they love their devils.
0: They love their, there's no end to how many devils you can dig out of a situation. You'll be digging forever, kind of like earwax. There's no way that we can keep going like this as a body. Because now, when you ask people what's going on, they want to tell you all about the devil and what God, where is the apostolic
1: mind? Where is the mind of Christ that is in you? Where is the apostolic mind? I see, I see,
0: I see. God showed me this. I heard this. But where
1: in the midst of all of that is the cornerstone. Can you guys hear? Are you following?
0: Oh my goodness. This this is this is, I want you to see this. It's in here. Consider him who endured such opposition for sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. You have people losing heart every day because something didn't work out on the job, they just don't.
1: No endurance, and not even working on it. I'm not being cruel. I'm I'm
0: sharing with you because in the apostolic mind, you'll find God saying, "Pull up your pants, Joe." You'll find God saying, "Ezekiel, your wife is dead." You'll find Jesus saying. Um, you you really serious? You got to go bury your daddy before you can follow me? You 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 the, uh, the apostolic mind is different from the prophetic mind. The prophetic mind will discern your brokenness. The prophetic mind will discern where you're at. It will locate you in the spirit. But once you're located, The apostolic has to tell you, this is where you need to go. I went through a crisis recently.
1: Won't go into any details. But I kept moving. As bad as it was, I kept moving. I made myself. I beat my flesh into submission. I am determined not to succumb to this. You have to make up your mind to do it. It's not the work
0: of the spirit to do it for you. Oh my goodness. Let me prove that to you. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not resisted to the point of shedding your blood. You have to resist to the point of shedding your blood. It said nothing about casting out a spirit.
1: Am I making this up? I need to know. That you see, I'm not saying we don't cast out devils.
0: Don't get confused. Because when we're offended, we go to our alternative statements. We got a whole bunch of people in their
1: alternative statements right now, and they're missing the point of this message. (laughs) You have to be teachable. In your struggle against
0: sin, you have not resisted to the point of shedding blood and listen and you have completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses the son as a father addresses his son it says my son do not make light of the lord's discipline." i always talk about good pain when i'm talking about healing because the only reason why that, that, that your your heart was broken, the person left you, the marriage imploded, they told you they didn't love you anymore, the job let you go, mama ain't speaking to you, y'all had whatever the case, you have to persevere and you have to resist the death that's trying to overtake you to the point of, of bleeding because that kind of pain when you are
1: at the end of it it releases a new man you are not the same folks don't know you anymore oh my goodness You come out brand new and you're not even
0: mad. You don't even know how that happened. It's just like, that doesn't even bother me anymore. And he says here in verse five, and you have completely forgotten this word of encouragement that addresses you as a father addresses his son. It says, my son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. Do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Again. rebuke is not just there's sin is our response to god that doesn't line up with with what he's told us to do it's it's also the sins and the things that we do in our mortal bodies and in our mind it's how we treat our relationship to god it's that long list of stuff that we write out as well it's not discounting those things that's why I told you before, you cannot really be healed until your repentance is sincere. You cannot really let go until you are convicted and conviction allows the entrance of repentance and repentance is the beginning of freedom, not the beginning of just being beat
1: down, rebuked, and showed up, which is old covenant. Right? Uh,
0: Then it says, this is how you do it. Endure the hardship as a discipline, as discipline. Now we understand disciplines in the academic realm. In the academic realm, when you see them, this totally different use of the word. So I'm not saying that here, I'm just comparing. When you are, are developing a discipline, And we see this in doctors that become surgeons and pediatricians. They know that thing, they work it to perfection, and people recommend them because of their mastery and their expertise. So we are to endure our suffering and our hardship and our trial
1: till we become masters over it. Yes, we discipline to mastery.
0: Most people never achieve that level of healing in their lives. Are you with me? That's why they succumb to a lot of the foolery around the prophetic today. And they hop from one meeting to the next, one minister to the next. And they eating at a smugglers' board and they sit. There's no diet for them because in their mind, they following what God telling them to do, not realizing how sick they are. Jesus said it perfectly. Those who are not sick does not need a doctor. So if your head telling you, you're not sick, hey, nobody can help you. And people can get angry sometimes with leaders when they don't respond to them the way they want them to, but the leader is looking at your sickness and can see how sick you are, can give you a prescription, but in the mind that's not apostolic, and in the mind that's lost in these strange and weird and delusional clouds that people believe are prophetic, they never tap into the tool set that gets them to where they need to be, they're everywhere.
1: Giving themselves to everybody except the Lord. Can you see it before I go a little further? I know we're coming to the end. I want to make sure you can see it. Can you see it? Sickness. And if there's real mental illness, mental health issues, it's even worse. It's amplified in the midst of that. Nothing you say can get through. So what do you do except step away? Cause you can't fight with a brick wall. I'm not bloodying up my hands for nothing.
0: Pouring into people that don't even have my, that that are in everybody's mouth and ear. No way. I'm beating the wind. And all they're going to do with what they get is compare me to what other people say. And I'm in
1: their mouth and they think you don't know it. Listen. Endure hardship as discipline.
0: Uh, if you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate.
1: In other words, your pursuit is not legitimate. It's not unto blood you bleeding.
0: It's not unto blood coming out of you and you shedding blood. Your, Your pursuit is not that serious. Well, I've been doing it like this for 20 years and God has answered. Continue to be among the unlearned. I got another scripture for that, but I'll save that next week. It's
1: a whole chapter about people like that. A whole chapter. Can't change, won't change. Verse nine, moreover, we have all had
0: human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. This is good how much more should we submit to the father of spirit and live? They discipline us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. God disciplines Now, we're not talking about people stuff. We're talking about God. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. This is where I get good pain from. So if you're wondering what I mean by that is no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but it seems painful. But later on, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Pain can train you. Pain is intended to train you. I'm not talking physical pain and things. I'm talking about The emotional struggle, the overcoming process of rejection, the learning to forgive. Because as long as these things are twisted, the prophetic mind will lead us in circles. People will continue on the hamster wheel of
1: their faith. Spiritual hamster wheel, gerbil wheel, whatever we want to call it. Oh, my goodness. Don't live by prophecy.
0: Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, most expeditiously, the new covenant, the words of Christ. We can move by prophecy, but we shouldn't live by it. I'm going to explain that. Don't worry, because this is where I'm going next. And I want you to see it, I want you to see it, I want you to see it, I'm gonna close this. Um, Exodus 13, um, 21 to 22, that by, by day the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way. And by night a pillar of fire to give them light so that they, would, they could travel by day or by night. Neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place from the people. Now, this is what they had during the time of Moses. They had a tangible, like the sun or the moon in the sky, but this was a cloud. We don't know whether it was puffy smoke. We don't know whether they were smelling it. We don't, but we do know they could visually see it. And we know that they were following it. And that this was wonderful. But there are so many believers today that are still looking For the cloud that Moses had. They're still looking for it. Every prophetic word to them is a cloud. It's something weird that they're looking at and looking for. But this is the thing. God has moved on from this place. He is no longer in clouds. And if you don't know where he is, then I'm real sad for you. If you know where he is, you need to put it in the chat right now. Because you should know where the cloud is. You should know. Exodus 14, 24. Absolutely, that's correct. During the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud at the Egyptian army and threw it in confusion. This this cloud was outward. It was something on the outside of the people. Outside, yes, Christ in us. The hope of glory, Christ inside of me. Now, but listen to this, Hebrews 13, five and six. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? This is profound. We know the context of this passage but I want you to see an eternal statement that is beyond this passage. And that is, we have the kind of cloud in us that will never leave us or forsake us. Even when I leave this earth and take my last breath, I return from where the cloud has been. He is never apart from us. I can say with confidence, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Because the cloud is with me continuously. My role is to recognize the cloud. This race of perseverance, this race of endurance is making sure that we can always see and recognize the cloud on the inside. I'm prophetically moving now. I'm prophetically moving. You're prophetically moving. I see the cloud. All oh, kick has broken loose. Everybody, this, this person has died and this person has done this. All of this is happening. All of this is happening right now. But I this is what Jesus was doing. Jesus was like, I will keep my eyes on my assignment. I will keep my eyes on my purpose. They're beating me. They're whipping me. They're about to nail me to a cross. All of this is going on, but somehow he endured. Because he could prophetically design that they were going to kill him, right? He could prophetically rehearse the dream. He could prophetically, he could, all of the things that he saw, he saw his death. He saw his betrayal. He saw the people learn about him. He saw everything that was going to happen to him, but he was not
1: led by what he saw. He taught us how not to be prophetically
0: led. Oh my God, God gave you a word that you're supposed to leave um, um, earth and go to wherever. You're supposed to leave Egypt and and go here to Corinth. You're supposed to, and and it's a word
1: and it's guaranteed. But do I pack up right then and leave? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Have I counted up the cost? Have I put in the preparation?
0: Have I made sure everything is ready? Yes, there are
1: exceptions. But how do I gauge this? Am I stable? Is my mirror ministry working in me? Do I know who I am? let's move on let's move on hebrews 3 oh my goodness here
0: we are again therefore holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling fix your thoughts on jesus whom we acknowledge as our high priest he was faithful to the one who appointed him just as moses was faithful this is one of our pillars and all of god's house Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Moses. Jesus has been found worthy of greater honor than Adam, than Eve, than Noah, than Abraham, than Isaac, than Jacob. He's just greater. Just as the builder of a house has greater honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house, bearing witness to what would be spoken of by God in the future. But Christ is faithful as the son over God's house. And we are his house. If indeed we hold firmly to our confidence and the hope in which we glory. If this is true, then it is also true that we have the mind of Christ. Christ has an apostolic mind. He understands and who let me prophetically heal you. Let me prophetically do signs and wonders and miracles. Okay, that's over. This is what has to go
1: next. Every movement that Christ made prophetically
0: always led to an apostolic realm of thinking.
1: Are you guys following? Are you following? I hope you are. I hope you are. Moses's movement kept
0: leading to other movements. Moses's movements kept leading to let's wait and see. Moses' movements kept leading to, I got to talk to the prophet. I got to
1: counsel to this person. I got, what? Listen, there's safety in a multitude of counselors, but
0: there's also this profound place in the midst of that multitude that calls for apostolic action. You still have to make a
1: decision before before God. Oh my goodness, Moses led us by what he was able to see, but
0: Jesus leads us by living on the inside of us today. And he leads us into decision. If you began to study the life of Christ again, go over that last teaching, You will always see that everything rests in our hands. You choose who you will serve. Old covenant, let me force you. New covenant, let me help you choose. You make the decision. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I don't know if you all are getting this. I hope you are. I hope you are. I wanted to read this because I want you to know where I get saying that I'm always saying that, you know, um, thank God for Issachar, but Issachar did. It comes from Hebrews 3. Recognizing that Jesus is greater than Moses, recognizing that there is no biblical figure that we should be worshiping, there is no model prophet that we should be following i'm just like jeremiah i'm just like jesus you go on with jeremiah you you can whatever you want to do with him but i'm like jesus all of the anointings rest in him (laughs) oh my goodness oh my goodness Mm. first corinthians 2 and so it was with me, brothers and sisters. When I came to you, I did not come with eloquence, be eloquence or human wisdom, as a human wisdom. I want you to know this, as I proclaim to you the testimony of God. You know, I, I count it funny when you meet people and they got all this wisdom, and it's all carnal. All carnal. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness with great fear and trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with the demonstration of the spirit's power so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. We've raised a generation of people in the prophetic that cannot distinguish between human persuasive words and the prophetic word of God. So bad that even when we have our own dreams and our own visions and we hear words, we're not able to discern them from our own desire, our own will, our own emotions. Oh my goodness. But he goes down here, read all of this in verse 13. This is what we speak. Not in words taught us by human wisdom, But in words taught by the spirit, explaining spiritual realities with spirit-taught words. In other words, spirit-taught words will always have an apostolic conclusion. I want you to hear that. It will be in alignment with what puts you closer to God. And it will be in
1: alignment with what puts you in the mind of Christ. In the mind, aligned with the mind
0: of Christ. Somehow we've got to get this. The person without the spirit does not accept things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness. And I know the Lord is speaking about these different anointings. The scribal anointing is the scribal anointing, but I always talk about it, especially if you're in the CTT class, there's a whole teaching on the ultimate scribe. Because we recognize that the ultimate scribe is living on the inside of us. I'm not operating just under an Ezra anointing. I'm looking at Ezra's calling as a compass. I'm looking at how he got to understanding that calling. But I am always looking through the lens of Jesus for what that looks like in its purity. This is what we speak, not, what, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, explaining spiritual realities with spiritual taught words. The person without the spirit does not accept the things that come from the spirit of God, but considers them foolishness. Just telling people that focusing on Jesus and getting to Jesus is more powerful than you searching out and mapping out devils is foolishness to most of the church. People will argue and fight with you because they are convinced that Jesus is not enough. The person with the spirit makes judgments about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments for, listen, who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? We have to figure out how to tap into the apostolic, but we have the mind of Christ. Christ's movement, Christ's movement, the movement of the spirit, the prophet God moves us to compassion for apostolic action for love. God moves us to be convicted so that we can have the mind of Christ and operate accordingly. The the Lord moves us in our calling and our purpose so we can rise up and be who he ordained us to be as, um, as apostolic people. The Lord moves us from milk to meat so that we can access fullness. The God moves us prophetically to get us out of a wrong position into a better position, into an elevated position, into a growth position so that we can move from old childish things and walk around like a person that's full grown. God moves us. The prophetic is the movement of heaven, but the apostolic is its government. And we have to embrace every day. This is too hard. This is, so, but you can do it. 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 And you, every moment, I, I did it. Oh God, I, I made it. You might be beat up, bruised, and be missing.
1: I don't care what you, but you entered the mind. You entered the mind of Christ.
0: Too many people are prophetically led and, they are, and that is the reason why they were never able to leave the mountain after 40 years because no one can see the apostolic emerging.
1: You're not kind enough. You don't talk to me enough about my problems because your
0: parents, Job, the apostolic is not meant for that. That's why the apostolic has prophets, apostles,
1: evangelists, pastors, teachers, elders, deacons, helps. What you don't like is probably not a grace. But if you were an apostolic in your mind, you would say,
0: I might need to position myself to fill this gap that's apostolic not just sitting around talking about what the ministry don't have come on we know people do that with the conservatory (laughs) they are not even able to discern the time and season they're in if you see the problem be the help be the solution philippians 2 5 through 8 let this mind let the apostolic be in you which is also in christ jesus who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. That's that shedding of blood again, even to death on the cross. In other words, even Christ had to learn how to be apostolic in the worst moment of his life. Gethsemane for him was all about entering the apostolic mind and demonstrating that to us in a way that we had never seen
1: in the earth before. Moses was not an apostle. A lot of people like to compare him in scripture. They like to
0: find types. I'm sorry, but there were no apostolic
1: types in the old covenant. Nobody came close. That role was best
0: demonstrated by Jesus. Even Johnny Mercer was complaining
1: before he was beheaded. He reverted. For a second. Oh my God. Nobody,
0: people want to be apostles, but they don't want the apostolic. They don't. People claim they apostolic, but they don't operate in that mat, that level of wisdom.
1: Oh my God. I'm going to read this and then we're done. Oh my goodness. Where is the passage I want to read from here? Okay, just the first, first two, three verses, two
0: verses. Um, Romans 12, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. And then this, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. My true mind renewal will bring you into apostolic grace.
1: It will bring you into apostolic level wisdom. I don't have to be the leader.
0: I don't have to be recognized by people. I don't have to be an apostle. I can only be an apostle to those who receive and can see me as such and get this in their heart.
1: Mm -hmm. In their heart. I can hear a prophetic word. I can receive a prophetic word,
0: but what do I do? I take that prophetic word. I don't, even if I give it to you, I take that prophetic word and I say, Lord, if this is the word spoken over me, I'm asking for your wisdom on my next steps. I have the mind of Christ. What do I need to do?
1: Should I build on sinking sand? Or should I build on the rock? Don't be the seeking sand person that's receiving the prophetic word.
0: Some of us can feel the quickening when the Lord is speaking. Some of us, and I'm not talking about that good feeling that make us say, preach Lord, preach fast. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the kind of quickening that takes place when you hear a word of the Lord that's so profound that your whole life changes in an instant. That's quickening. And you never go back to the place from which you were. People say they're healed, but if next week you're in the same place, the kind of healing you thought you received last week didn't occur. Let's be honest with ourselves. Everyone listening right now knows when you've heard a word that I'm talking, something preached or taught, or a prophetic word that changed your life. I remember um, my mentor, Dr. K, prophesied to me. This is the first time I, I spent the night at a with her at a um, women's conference, first time ever back in 2015, and um, a small group of women. in her house. And we spent the night at this conference that she held and everything in that conference resonated with me so much. I mean, I have never had that kind of experience in all of my life. So I knew that it was unique. I want you to listen to me. I knew that it was unique because it wasn't common to me. It wasn't like I went, you know, some people go to the altar call every week because they feel God moving them, right? You got people like that. Every week, they up because
1: they feel the spirit leading them. But nothing changes. That's that confusion, right? But when God is really leading you, your
0: whole being will experience it and it will be different from anything you've ever experienced in your life. I've had encounters like that over the years with different people. But when I got up from that encounter, whether it was healing, whether it was a prophetic direction, whether it was just a comfort that I needed,
1: whether it, I changed. I want you to hear me, I changed.
0: I transformed and to this day, that moment has never repeated. You must identify real transformation when you're looking in that mirror. Most people are
1: just identifying with emotions. Emotions. And look, so
0: profound that I still remember the six or seven people that have brought me to that place over the course of my whole life. Some before that moment, some for a season, but there are a couple of them I'm holding on to for a lifetime. I will not allow anyone, including myself, to displace me. Because we live in a Prophetic world where we feel all the time. God tell us to leave everybody. Every five minutes we leaving somebody. If that's a pattern in your life, it's probably a sickness
1: there. I'm, I'm just I'm just talking to you. If every five months you got a new mentor,
0: <laughs> a new church, you know you need to look at that. What is it? Because the pattern Jesus said, those were, he, he you know they he didn't move like that.
1: What is that? What is that? You really need to look at that. It's a sickness, spiritual confusion, fingerprints of people all
0: over you. The smugglers board at work. I hate Golden Corral. I'm sorry. That's one of the restaurants I despise. And when you go there, you have um, some stuff that you can't even really recognize. It's supposed to taste like this, but it's really not. Look good. I'm just, I'm just, I just want you to have a visual. And then those desserts, my God, help us all. I'm not friend. I'm just, just sharing. Forgive me for putting that even in here, but I needed an example.
1: And then folks get home and they be sick for the next three, four days. It's just, it's, it's like that in the spirit for some of you
0: and you've been everywhere looking for answers, looking for help. But the problem is not that people can't help you because people have, listen, I just heard this in the spirit. Some of you have convinced yourselves that you are so
1: special, nobody can help you. The Lord wants you to know that's a lie.
0: It's a lie. It's not your specialness. It's your inability to be still and your inability to be taught.
1: Because you, as sick as you are, want to pick and choose who your teacher is.
0: Mm. Father, we just pray for healing in the name of Jesus over your people. People who have handprints all over them. Everybody don't laid hands on them. If they are willing, if they are willing, I just declare that you just repeat after me, Father, in the name of Jesus, I give you permission and I release all of the handprints, fingerprints, anointing that folks have laid on me, God, and I've misunderstood, misconstrued and twisted it up. I repent for labeling and naming myself and bringing unnecessary confusion to myself because I wanted to be someone because no one else has acknowledged me. Father, I take down any self-effort that I have put forth to be something where I have mislabeled myself, mispositioned myself. And I take it down and I say, Lord, I I, I know that I'm a believer and that's enough right now. I know that I'm a son and a daughter and that's enough right now. I know, God, that you love me and that you do minister to me and you do speak to me. But Lord, my mind is messed up. And I repent for allowing people to mess up my mind. I repent in the name of Jesus for um, taking everything in
1: at this buffet of spirituality. But I agree that you are the center of my life. And Father, I just ask for restoration.
0: I ask for a quick work. I ask for a deep healing because I am totally confused. Father, I repent for putting my mouth on leaders that didn't do things for me the way I thought they should. Lord, I repent for the gossip and the ill conversations and the people I've talked to, even within their ministries, where I have sat under them claiming I was listening, but I was undermining them in the ears of other people. I repent.
1: Father, I repent for chasing clouds, especially clouds, Lord God,
0: of human made prophecy. I see the Lord sending you to Oprah. I, I see the Lord saying that that man that's married to that, that woman is really your husband and not her. So I, Lord, we repent for the men who are doing the same thing. We repent, I repent in the name of Jesus. I repent for waiting on relationships for decades, giving up my whole life on a prophecy that has never come to pass. And now I'm angry with you, God, when all along it was me who decided to wait because of my own desperation, my own lust and longing. But I blame you for a decision that I was free to break and make. Father, I just pray that we are falling out of agreement today with the old covenant, Lord. All your whole word is pure, all of your word is inspired, all of it. But I follow Jesus. Moses is not my God, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is not my God. The anointings of those that are past are all complete in you, Jesus. You made them complete, and I will follow you i will be prophetically moved i'll follow where you move but i have the mind of christ and in the midst of my moving i will be apostolically led and i will let you teach me i will not live my life by prophecy anymore one prophet tell me this one prophet tell me this one apostle tell me this what i will not live my life on the compass of different leaders but I will trust you that you will send clear voices within the community where I place myself, wherever that may be. And Father, I thank you that I will trust you and that I will trust and I will be still and
1: I will not be rash and in a hurry or anxious for anything. Lord God, just heal my heart, God, in the name of Jesus. I pray you're just following.
0: Cause me to see and hear clearly. Cause me to want what is pure, what is holy. Cause me to long after Jesus. I want to know what pure ministry is, God. I don't want people preached every Sunday. I don't want to hear about my haters and how I'm being
1: attacked. Lord, I want the gospel to minister to me not the ministry of people
0: I want to be moved by what is holy and what is pure
1: I want to be changed transformed and I want it to be an inner work
0: I don't need an audience for this I declare I don't need an audience for this
1: I don't need an audience for this Realign me, cause me to
0: rethink what I have been taught about the prophetic because the prophetic is the spirit of the Lord. It's not a thing. Cause me to see that it is the spirit of the Lord moving me. The prophetic is not not like saying I want ice cream. It's not like saying that fragrance should smell good girl. Let me try the next one. The prophetic is Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit comes to direct us, but the apostolic sets us in government. Father, we just pray, God, that we are an apostolic people. The apostle and prophet stand together, balancing one another in the realm of the spirit, not one elevated greater one out of it they need each other father i thank you that we understand that we cannot be a prophet all by ourselves i'm just gonna stay home and be with it. that's not this dispensation of the gospel hasn't been since the resurrection may we understand that father i thank you that we are influenced by the prophetic but we are led by the apostolic i thank you father that i am an apostolic decision maker. I thank you that I am a part of your government. I thank you, Father, that the prophetic reveals your spirit. It reveals you in my life. It reveals you around my life, not just reveal the devil. You did not come to earth for the devil to be revealed. You came to reveal yourself. I received this truth into me in Jesus' name. In Jesus'
1: name. In Jesus' name.